Hello, I'm Carrie Ann. Welcome to another service with Pastor Ray Dieter at Grace Baptist Church. Please check out our website, gbcevansville.org. There, you'll find videos of our youth and children's services, daily devotions, and other ministries our church has to offer. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings for an in-person service where we'll practice social distancing and follow safety guidelines. Now, let's hear what Pastor Ray has to say. Hey. It is always good to be home. Um, been looking forward to this for since the invitation came so long ago. And uh, it is good to be home. Thank you, Pastor Ray, for that introduction, and uh, he, did, he does fail to tell you when he says all those good things that there were some days that uh, he had to reel me in on some things, uh, but we try to forget those things, uh, but it is good to be here. It is, I, I bring you greetings from uh, our new state executive director, Dr. Ryan Strother, and I believe he'll be here. Is he coming sometime this year, Pastor, I believe? Well, you'll enjoy Dr. Strother. Just be praying for him. He and his family are having to make some big major changes, and so if you'd pray for them, I know they'd appreciate it. It is always good to be able to come and preach at Grace Baptist Church. There is not a more beautiful sanctuary in this state. Uh, we have the privilege of traveling. Matter of fact, we're out of our, uh, our church that we're members of. We're out of there until about the end of June with preaching assignments. And, uh, but there's no, no prettier place and no greater group of people than at Grace Baptist Church, and it's always good. 100 years Think about that. 100 years just on Garvin Street. God has used this place. And please understand, not all churches get to celebrate such a milestone. Uh, in the association in and around where we are now, uh, there are two churches that have just closed and given their buildings to the association. They didn't make the 100-year anniversary. Well, why didn't they? I don't know. For the same reason, I don't know why Grace has made it to the hundredth other than a couple of good attributes we're going to talk about here in just a few moments. But think about what you have encountered and endured for 100 years. This church in its history has seen prohibition. You have seen the Great Depression. Ladies, in the history of this church, you have gained the right to vote. The Great Dust Bowl, VD, uh, VE Day, Pearl Harbor, World War I, World War II, the Holocaust, the Vietnam War, the first Super Bowl, you have, you have endured through that. The first man in space, uh, the greatest challenge uh, that we thought we, that we never had was uh, Y2K. Anybody remember that mess? At 12 o'clock on that day, the earth was going to stand still, computers were going to crash, and machines were going to take over, and we were going to be poor. Silly people, God's got a plan. We have endured COVID. Uh, we are in the beginning stages of monkeypox. That all started on the Planet of the Apes movie when Charleston Heston kissed that monkey. <laughs> Can I tell you that you will continue to endure for the years to come if you continue staying 
loyal to those attributes and those characteristics that have gotten Grace Baptist Church this hundred years. I am grateful to have been 12 years part of that uh, 100-year anniversary. Uh, the Lord did some amazing things. You all helped us raise our son. He's back there in the back now. He's the one that you can see over everybody uh, back there. Miss um, Wanda, uh, Miss Norma Weiber, who's gone on to be with the Lord, and Ladusky Wolfinger, those ladies used to bounce him on their knee. Can't do it today. He could probably carry them all at one time. But you helped us raise our son. You helped me become a better pastor, a better minister, a better lover of people. Uh, the Lord, uh, I don't know what the Lord has in store for me in the years to come. I don't, I'll be honest with you, I do not know if my body will allow me to continue to retirement doing camp ministry. I, I don't know. That's the Lord's business. But there's, there's, it's gonna, the Lord's going to have to go a long way to put anything deeper in my heart than kids camp. Brother Robert was talking about God has plans. If you don't know that story, very quickly, Annalise and I, had, had uh, we had booked a cruise for spring break. And we were going. I was walking the halls of Delaware Elementary School with um, uh, Brother Todd Slagle, who was the principal at that time. And uh, I was there uh, five mornings a week uh, doing walking club and some other uh, activities with the kids in the morning. And the kids were jacked up. They were, they were man, they were just high strung. And uh, Todd said, these kids are, Rick, these kids are just, they're getting, they're getting wound up. I said, yeah, I bet they're getting excited for spring break. He goes, no, that you don't understand. He said, some of these kids won't get anything to eat until their parents get home from work at supper time. Now, beloved, this was in the 2000s in the United States of America. There shouldn't be a hungry child anywhere. And in about 10 days, I came back, I asked Pastor Ray, I said, hey, what can we do? Uh, can we do something? Can you... Because, you know, I, we were going to be gone. So, Pastor, can you do something about these kids? Can, we, can, we put, can you put something together just to feed them lunch? And with the heart that he has, he said, we'll find something. Went home that night, feeling, to be honest with you, feeling pretty proud of myself that I'd passed that buck. And the Lord asked the question. It was not in an audible voice, but it was in my heart. And he said, what are you going to do with them the rest of the day? So in about eight to ten days, Annalisa, through the, the providential hand of God, uh, the Lord allowed Annalisa and I to put together what you have now as kids camp, and we're grateful uh, that we're on this side of COVID. But uh, I am grateful that the Lord will have to go a long way uh, in my life to put anything more precious uh, in my heart than that. Uh, he's working on uh, doing Highland Lakes with that. I love the camp. I love what I do. Um, and um, I'm just always uh, discouraged when there are so many Southern Baptists in Indiana that have never been to Highland Lakes Baptist Camp. If you've never been there, you ought to load up those buses, and Pastor Ray and Robert can drive you and bring you to us, and let's have a good time. But we spent 12 years here and many other opportunities. Uh, I knew Emily when uh, she didn't even like boys. 
Uh, now she's married to a boy, uh, a man that was a boy at one time, and then she has one of her own. Uh, David and, and uh, Dana Comer were here, and uh, Seth and Maggie, and uh, their son Seth. I, had, I can still remember David sitting in the floor in Ural's family room or living room and uh, talking to Seth about his salvation and him praying to receive Christ in that floor. I remember that day. And I was there not because Seth had invited me, but because his mom and dad had invited me to come because they were concerned. And today, I, I want to share with you that we're not going to take care of any more important business today than giving you the opportunity. If you're here, if you're in this auditorium, you're on the internet with us, if you've never come to a place in your life where you've asked Jesus to save you, not just in the head, but in the heart, please understand that's the most important business we're going to take care of today. Philippians chapter 1. Beginning in verse 1, here's what Paul, he's talking to his son Timothy, his son in the ministry, and he says, uh, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, and the bishops and the deacons, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, I thank God for you upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine, making request for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this one thing, that he who, had begun a, who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Father, this morning I pray that uh, these folks would not see me. Lord, I pray they, as they hear the words, I pray that the Holy Spirit would magnify those words in the hearts of every hearer today. And Father, again, the most important business we're going to take care of today is that man, woman, boy, or girl that's never asked Jesus to save them, but to, that today we pray would be the day of their salvation. That, Father, they will secure their place in heaven not through tradition or uh, thinking that uh, their grandma and papa's faith can save them, but it is an individual faith. And so, Father, would you work in our midst today as only you can do. Lord, I lift up my brother Robert. He asks us to pray for him and the issues he's facing. And so, so Father, I lift him up today as well, that you would just touch your, uh, put your healing hand uh, on him and bring healing according to your plan and your will and your purpose for his life. And Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. One important fact that I can tell you is 100% true. None of us will be here when Grace Baptist Church celebrates its 200th anniversary on Garvin Street. But somebody may very well be. Tanya's great-grandchildren may be here. Certainly the children that are in children's church now will not be here in a hundred years. But if we want to be able for someone, some, the next group, the next few generations that will darken the doors here, if we want them to have that celebration, here's a couple of things that, that we need to understand. Number one, grace has always had, is now, and if we want to be here in that 200 years, we must have the proper attitude toward God. We live in a society where, God, where we say God's opinion, this is what God says. There's a, a generation and uh, many generations coming that, ha that are here and will come. They won't care 
about what God says. If you and I do not live it out and model it for the next generation so that they can model it for the next generation, so they can model it for the next. First of all, we must have a proper love for God. I can remember a time in my Christian walk that I loved God for what he did for me. Not the salvation part, but maybe the car that I was driving or the money that was in the bank or something. Y'all get that, right? By the way you're looking at me, nobody's ever done that, and that's good. But it must be that kind of love where there is nothing, where there is absolutely nothing above our love for Christ. We must have that right kind of love. And if we have that, the next generation will see it, and then the next generation can see it, and the next, and so on. I've shared my testimony here many times. Uh, I got saved at the age of 19. I was chasing the preacher's daughter. Uh, thankfully, after I got saved, I married the deacon's daughter, and uh, that's all good and, and, and well. Um, but I got saved because it was the ordained hand of God. But I was watching the Price family, and they had tragedy after tragedy in their lives, and on and on, but they stayed faithful, beloved, to loving God and loving his church and loving me, a sarcastic sarcastic, unsaved, egotistical, loudmouthed 19-year-old boy, they prayed for me. And that day in October in 1984, Carlton Price was one of the two men that went to the altar with me. And I, I shared with them then, and I've shared it every place I've been since. It is something I saw in them that made me say, I want what they have. Beloved, I want to share with you, that's what the local church is missing these days. People on the outside world, they are not seeing anything in us that they want to to, to mimic and to take over, if anything. We've been in some places where the church has said, I like that, I'm going to try that. That's not what God has given us to do. You've, you've all seen the, the, the picture or the, the little saying, when a, when a ship sinks, it's not because of the water on the outside. It's because of the water that has gotten inside. And I want to tell you, if we're loving God like we should, that's going to be less chance of the water on the outside getting on the inside of the boat. Jesus defined that kind of love in Matthew 22. He says, You shall love the Lord your God with what? All of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. That's all we are, heart, soul, and mind. That's it. So guess what? We are to love him with everything that we have. And if we will do that, the world will not be able to help to see that there is something different about you and I. We must love the Lord properly. We must have the proper faith and trust. Faith is defined as a strong conviction. And trust uh, is, is having that faith in something we cannot see. Hebrews 11.1, 1, what is it? Now faith is the stuff, substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not yet seen. I have never seen God face to face. I can look around this auditorium and see the handiwork of God. I can drive through the country. I can drive through Highland Lakes Baptist Camp, and I can see the handiwork of God. I've heard Pastor Ray preach many great sermons. I've heard lots of good preachers uh, preach good sermons. But I have never seen the face of God. But, beloved, guess what? One day I will. 
one day, please understand, if you're here in this auditorium or on the internet with us, every person that has ever lived, is living, or ever will live, will one day see the face of God. And you're either going to hear that great, that one of some of the most outstanding words in Scripture, well done, my good and faithful servant, come on in to the, and enjoy the, the salvation that you have earned. Or he, you're going to hear, depart from me. For I never knew you. One day, please understand, beloved, one day we all will stand before the Lord. Hebrews tells us that it is impossible to please God without faith. Can I tell you that every person in this place this morning, you exercised faith. Well, how did we do that, Brother Rick? I'm glad you asked. I was in the auditorium early, and when you all started coming in, I didn't see anybody shake the pew that you're sitting in to make sure that it would hold you up. Many or most of you got in a car somewhere this morning and you, you just believed it would start. You had faith it would start. You didn't leave, you didn't go out of the house three hours before church time and try to start that car. You got dressed, you, got, you had your breakfast, you started that car and you drove to church. Can I tell you, we all have faith and we all show faith in something. But without faith in God, it is impossible to please him. And that's part of the right attitude toward God. We must love him with everything there is in our lives. And we must have faith and trust that he will do what he says he will do. And beloved, I'm here to tell you, God always keeps his word. I can't mention his name because every time I mention his name in a sermon, it costs me $10. But... Uh, that big boy sitting back there in the back by his mother, my wife, uh, when he was little, if I said, if he asked for something, uh, I would say, early on, he, I'd say, well, we'll get it later. Promise? Yeah, I promise. I learned early on, Pastor Ray, not to do that anymore. Because if I, if I promised him something and I forgot about it, he would always go, you promised and you lied to me. Can I tell you, you and I will never, ever, ever be able, have to look God in the face and say, you did not keep your promise. He is faithful and just, and he remembers his promises. He remembers what he tells us. He remembers where, we, where we've been. He knows right now where we are, and he knows in the future where we are going to go. We can have faith in God. And if we want to endure another hundred years on Garvin Street, this is something I believe that the current membership of Grace Baptist Church will have to continue to show and instill in the generations to come so that there can be a 200th anniversary for Grace Baptist Church. One of the other attitudes here is an attitude of thankfulness. Have you ever thought about what a privilege it is to serve God at 1200 North Garvin Street in Evansville, Indiana. I think we forget about that sometimes. God has given Grace Baptist Church the privilege for 100 years on Garvin Street 
to be a lighthouse in this community. And I will tell you, I wasn't here for the first, I wasn't here for the first 88. But I can tell you, there are some dark days now, darker than any, I believe, our church here or any place else have faced in the last hundred years uh, with, the, with the craziness going on in our society. But apart from that, it is a privilege, and I believe we need to always remember to be thankful to have that attitude of gratitude. Now, listen, here's, here's let, me, let me paint you a picture. Let's say in, I'm looking around the crowd, trying to pick a number. In 75 years, most of us will not be here. But because God has been faithful and Grace Baptist Church has been faithful to share the gospel, to live the gospel, to be an example of the gospel has reached out. Do you understand? I don't know exactly how it's going to work when we get to heaven, but somebody may very well come up to you and say, Pastor Ray, because you were obedient and you went to Grace Baptist Church and you preached and you led them to love people and on and on and on. I am here in heaven today because somebody at Grace Baptist Church in the food bank, in the clothing bank, in my Sunday school class, in the youth group, somewhere at that church oh, during that, that first hundred years, they told me about Jesus and how he could save me and how I could go to heaven when I die. And I believed that prayer and I believed that and I prayed and I asked him and I, I admitted I was a sinner and I believed that he was God's son and I confessed him as Savior Lord and I'm here today because of the ministry of Grace Baptist Church I don't know about you but I'm thankful to be a part of what God has done at Grace Baptist Church over the last hundred years I'm thankful for that Colossians 3, 17, and, whoever, and whatsoever you do in word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father th through Him. Whatever you do. Listen, I'll be honest. There, there, there are some days at the camp that when, when I get up out of bed and I got a new place on me that hurts, and my feet hit the floor, and I begin looking at my to-do list for the day. At that moment, I ain't very thankful. But looking beyond me, looking beyond Jim Shields, our team leader, beyond looking beyond our office manager and event planner, looking in the past what God has done through Highland Lakes, what he's doing in these days, and what I believe he'll do in the future, all of a sudden I'm pretty thankful to be a part of what God's doing. And I give thanks for it every day. Here's what an attitude of, of thankfulness will do for you. It, it will help It'll help stem off a spirit of negativism that can so easily rob a local New Testament church of its joy of doing ministry together. And so this morning I pray that first of all we'd have the proper attitude toward God. And that's what it's going to take to do the next hundred years. 
Secondly, we need to have a, a right, and this is, this is where grace gets it right. We've got to have a right um, attitude toward ourselves. First one there is humility. I'm reminded of the guy that walked into church one day in his best suit and he walked in and he walked up to the altar to pray and he said, God, I don't know about, I don't know what you think, but I think you're pretty lucky to have me. Or the man that says, you can't make it without me. Can I tell you, God was doing business without me a long time before I was saved. And he'll be doing a lot of business long after I'm gone. And it's my, it's my job to make sure I have a correct estimation of my importance. Humility includes a willingness to serve even to do the menial things. I have the privilege of meeting a lot of young pastors. Uh, they come to the, the camp and I'm reminded of a young, a young pastor. He came in one day and I was, uh, I was doing, I'm, I did the rough end wiring on our new building and, and uh, I'd been in there about five or six hours and it, 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 was, it was, yeah, um, I was pretty odiferous. And uh, he stood off. He wouldn't get close. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm wiring this building. And he goes, what do you mean you're wiring this building? And I said, well, uh, there wasn't money in the budget, and the Lord has given me the talent, and so I have roughed in all the electrical. Oh, I would never do that. If the Lord told you to, you better. Dear friend, I haven't talked to him for a while. Pastor Ray knows him very well, David Wheeler. David Wheeler was our state evangelism director for several, I don't remember how many years, Pastor Ray, but it was a good while. And David brought servant evangelism to Indiana. And David was known for going to the local Hardee's or the local McDonald's or the local Burger King or whatever it may be, taking uh, groups uh, from his church and other places, and they would go in and they would say, excuse me, sir, my name's David Wheeler, and these are folks from Grace Baptist Church, and we're here to show you God's love in a practical way. We'd like to clean the toilets in your bathrooms. Now, I just lost some of you. Can I tell you, they saw people saved out of that ministry. But we also had a lot of folks complaining, why in the world are we cleaning toilets? Humility is uh, willingness to serve even in the little, little things. In John chapter 13, we remember the story of Jesus washing the feet. Washing Peter's feet, and he said, listen, you're not going to wash my feet. Listen, if I can't wash your feet, I'll, you will have nothing to do with me. Later in those verses, he said, as I have done, then you ought to as well.
Is there anything we won't do for the sake of the gospel? Grace has had a long ministry of, with food and clothing ministries. I talk often about our time at Delaware uh, and what the Lord did there and allowed us to be a part of during my, my ministry here. But I want to tell you, the reputation we have at Delaware started with Sarah Burke and other ladies over the years that were there mentoring children and loving on children and loving teachers. And I just count it joy that the Lord counted me able to, to kind of follow in those footsteps. But not one time did I ever hear anybody say, well, you're at, you're at Delaware because of what we did years ago. They, I've never heard that. But I'm grateful they were there and grateful that I could go. One author once said, I, couldn't, I didn't find the author, uh, but it said, Show me a man who cannot uh, bother to do the little things, and I will show you a man that cannot be trusted to do the big things. Show me a man who cannot bother to do little things, and I will show you a man who cannot be trusted to do the big things. Beloved, are we humble enough? I believe you have been. That in, two, in another hundred years, someone, some, some former staff person is standing in this pulpit. One of those other attributes about ourselves, we must be teachable. And I must tell you that when I first got to Grace Baptist Church, that was a problem for me. I saw Betty Crawley. Betty, are you still here? Did I see Betty Crawley come in somewhere? Oh, there she is. Uh, Betty, uh, would uh, because, she, because she loves me and Jesus, she would not amen this. Uh, but she and Jeff were uh, youth leaders when I came, and I wasn't very teachable. But beloved, I want to share with you, we, we got to learn the new things. I've always said and will always say that the method or the message of Christ can never, ever change. It is Christ and Christ alone that allows us to go to heaven when we die. But sometimes we must learn, relearn the methods and learn new methods by which to share that message. I will tell you, if nothing good ever comes out of COVID... The fact that there are hundreds of thousands of churches and ministries now on Facebook, on YouTube, on live streaming on the internet. If nothing else good comes out of COVID, that's one good thing that came out of COVID. We must be teachable. And in order to be teachable, we must be eager to learn new things. Another attribute is we must, we must have honesty toward our mistakes. I don't know about you, but that's tough for me to do. We were framing in, uh, framing in a wall and, uh, at the camp, and um, I measured at least half a dozen times and still cut that board wrong. Half a dozen times. It'll help if I would learn my numbers. But I learned from that mistake. And that's part of being teachable is we learn. 
And I don't know about you, but Grace Baptist Church has learned from mistakes over the last hundred years. And if we learn from a mistake, it's not a mistake, it's a lesson. Thirdly, this morning, we must have the proper attitude toward our work. When you come to the clothing bank or the food bank or Sunday school or small group or worship, what's going through your mind, church? Are you thinking, man, I got I to gotta go to Sunday school today. I gotta go to the. I gotta go to the food bank. I gotta go do this. I gotta go help Nick do this. That. I want us to go back to think about the attitude of privilege, gratitude for the privilege to do the work God has allowed us to be a part of. First Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has in, who has uh, enabled me. Because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Beloved, think about this. Every ministry opportunity we have, God has put us in that place. Robert was talking about the campers on mission. Uh, I share with you that we could not have the camp we have without volunteers like the campers on mission and uh, groups from like the West Central Baptist Association and churches that come. And I am always grateful for those folks and I always share with them, please be grateful for the opportunity God has given you to be at Highland Lakes or to be whatever the, whatever the ministry is that he's got you involved in. But there, is, there ought to be that gratitude for the privilege. Think about it. If you work in the food bank at Grace Baptist Church, think about the privilege you have that God has put you there. If you sing in the choir, if you're in the clothing bank, if you teach Sunday school, whatever it may be, think of the privilege you have of being in that ministry. If we want to be here in another hundred years, we're going to have to be grateful for the privileged. Number two, we need to see that there ought to be some enthusiasm and eagerness. Do you get excited when Sunday morning rolls around and you, you get the privilege to come and worship together as a family? Four of you do, that's great. Annalisa and I have grown to love our Southwood family and our new pastor. And he's younger than me, Pastor Ray, so I can say we have a young pastor. And, and we look forward to that. Uh, and it is, it is I, I, I just, I miss it when I'm not there. And I, go, I always go back and, and I, I watch his messages online. I watch Pastor Bray's messages online. And I'm, I'm always excited to be with my church family there as I am here God loves a cheerful giver, and uh, that typically is referring to money. But I, I want you to see that we ought to be a cheerful giver when we're giving of our time. When we're giving of our talents. Um, 
I'm always afraid that uh, Brother Robert's not going to come back to Highland Lakes because uh, I always give him the tedious jobs uh, because he was an engineer by trade and he's very meticulous. And uh, this last week that he was with us, uh, I had him making, uh, anybody know, ever played the, the kids game Connect Four? Little stand, you little drop the little checkers down. Well, Robert has built us a semi-life-size one. Uh, lots, of mem- lots, of, lots of math, <laughs> lots of measuring, precise measuring, and on and on. Um, and I was, and I, I, I utilize his talents just like we have some guys that are carpenters and we have some guys that are plumbers, and I utilize their time, and it makes me eager and excited when I can use their time to help, my, help me make my job a little, little easier. And of course, uh, again, the Lord lives, loves a cheerful giver. Uh, and in regard to, uh, to monetary things, can I, let me share a number with you that blew my mind. Uh, these are numbers that I received from the State Convention of Baptists in Indiana. Um, since 19, or since 2001, talking about a cheerful giver, since 2001, Grace Baptist Church in Evansville, Indiana, has given nearly $1.5 million to missions. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? (laughs) Nearly $1.5 million to missions. And that does not include hands across Indiana. It does not include what's spent in the clothing bank or the, or the food bank. Um, does not count what, uh, when the folks used to come and get the gas vouchers. Now, pastor, we'd have to give them a $50 gas voucher to get a quarter of a tank. Uh, but that's, not, that's a message for a different day. But in days, and I, I'll just be honest with you, there were some days during my time here that things were lean. I can remember Brother Jeff Weiber coming to me one time and saying uh, he was chairman of the finance team and he said, hey, I need, uh, I need you and Annalisa to pray about how much of a cut you could take in your salary because things are pretty lean here. So after much prayer... <laughs> I went back to Brother Jeff and I said, is that the, this is, this is passing the buck, forgive the pun. Uh, is, this, is this what the Lord has told you to do? Yep. Well, then I'm just going to trust you to ask the Lord how much of my pay I can do without. But during my time, I don't ever recall, even in the lean days, I do not re- remember a time that Miss Betty or anybody else in the, in the office or in the financial realm came and said, hey, we, we can't make our missions obligations. That's eagerness. That's enthusiasm. There needs to be, uh, we need to be studious about the work. Need to take initiative. I often wonder... What God, and I'm sure he would have done something, but I often wonder if Annalise and I had, had just said, hey, we're still gonna, we're gonna, we've already bought this thing, we're going to go on and take this cruise, and we'll just let the kids at Delaware do, do for themselves for that week. There needs to be positiveness, and there needs to be persistence. Anybody here, you've got somebody you've been praying for for more than a year? 
every weekday morning, unless I'm hindered by work, I do a, a, about a 10 or 15 minute devotion on the Southwood Baptist Church Facebook page. And for 22 months, every weekday morning, we've been praying for our nation. And specifically, we've been praying 2 Chronicles 7.14 over our nation. That God, if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God promises you and I that he will first forgive our sin and then he will heal our land. And every once in a while, somebody at church will ask me, why are you still praying that? It's because it hasn't happened yet. Why are you still praying for Joe? You've been praying for him for five years because he ain't saved yet. Why do you keep feeding people in Evansville? Because there's still people hungry in Evansville. Why do you still have a clothing bag? Because there are people who need clothes in Evansville. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that we have a God who is a God of persistence. Because he chased me for 19 years. Chased Robert for 32 at his confession this morning. I don't know how long he chased you. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad he persisted. I'm glad that he saw something in Rick Porter that he said someday that smart mouth, egotistical, loud mouth, obnoxious guy, I can use him somewhere. And I am grateful that he used me for 12 of the 100 years of Grace Baptist Church. Church, here's what we need to understand. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And when that day comes, we like Paul will be able to say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept my faith. It's not faith in what has happened here in the last hundred years that will allow a 200th celebration. It is the faith that you and I are living out in these days, which are crazy days in our country, crazy days in the church, crazy days for our convention and, and all that's going on there. And it, but it is not faith in, lead, in, the, in the leaders of the SBC or in the, in the leaders of our, of our country. It is faith in the living, one true living God that will get this church through to the next hundredth year anniversary. Now, like I said earlier, none of us will be here in a hundred years. The death ratio amongst humans is a hundred percent, one to one. We've had a great day. You're having a great year of celebrating the hundredth anniversary. 
But beloved, let me ask you, where will you be in a hundred years? For you see, within the next hundred years, every single one of us will have stood before the Lord. And again, we're either going to hear, depart from me because I never knew you. Or well done, my good and faithful servant. And it's as easy as the ABCs that Brother Robert talked about earlier. A, we admit that we're sinners. And guess what? We're all messed up. We're all sinners. The, that's not me. I'm not picking on you. That's what God's Word said. We're all messed up. And we all are in need of a Savior. And God sent His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, would not have to go to hell, but would have everlasting eternal life in heaven. And then we need to confess Him. Annalise and I, and that confession has to be, it, 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 it just has to be a natural thing. Annalise and I went to a place yesterday we had seen on Facebook, and I ate about 97.5% of a one-foot taco. I would highly recommend the place. The food was outstanding. Annalise had a sandwich that was really, just really, really good. Matter of fact, if it wouldn't have been the definition of gluttony, I'd have gotten one of those after the taco. <laughs> but as easy as it is for me to confess to you how good the food was at this place, it has to also be that easy for me to confess to you that Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Lord. I am not any better than any lost person in Evansville today. I am better off when I die, but I am not any better than anybody else. I was a sinner saved by grace. It doesn't matter who you are today or what you've done in your life or what your journey, life's journey has looked like to this point. I want to tell you there's a God in, who's in heaven standing with his arms open wide saying, My child, come home. The Father is waiting. I love the, the story of the prodigal son and it says that the father saw his son afar off and then he ran to him and put a robe on him and put a ring on him and said this son of mine that was lost he is now found he is home they had this glorious celebration do you understand the angels in heaven rejoice when you and I, when sinners come to know Christ as Savior Lord, there's this, the angels rejoice in heaven because one that was lost is now found. And if we want someone here in a hundred years from now, we better in our time, we better proclaim that same story to the lost and dying world in Evansville. Just live it out. Live it out. Let folks see something different in us. And I believe that'll be a, gr a much greater chance of a 200th anniversary for Grace Baptist Church at 1200 North Garvin Street, a hundred years from now. But the most important business this morning is what you'll do with Jesus. You may be here this morning and you've never asked him to save you. Let me encourage you. Your pastor's going to be here. Their deacon's going to be here. I'm here. There are other folks here, Brother Nick. We can share with you how to come and pray through that ABCs. Maybe you're here and you've been struggling with whether or not to make Grace Baptist Church your church home. If I lived in Evansville, this is where I'd come to church. Maybe you just need to pray with your pastor or one of the deacons 
I'm so grateful that Grace has always been a, a church that believed in prayer and believed in the laying on of hands, praying for folks when they requested. Brother Robert, you come and lead us in our uh, time of invitation. We're going to invite you to stand again. Pastor Ray will be here. The deacons will be here. And you come as the Lord leads and take care of whatever important business you have with him this morning. Thanks again for joining us for another service with Grace Baptist Church. Connect with us using the social media links on our website, gbcevansville.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week.